we have an invitation for you. We want to invite you to the first ever Intentional Motherhood Retreat. We want to invite you to join us for a three-day retreat of being given to. We know and live the beautiful challenge of motherhood. We know the feelings of aloneness, of inadequacy, of fear, of weariness that so often weigh us down in the midst of all it means to be a mother. We've designed this retreat with your needs in mind, your need for connection with like-minded women, your need for gentleness of spiritual formation, and ultimately your need to be strengthened for the task of motherhood. How long has it been since someone, anyone really, poured into you? We know the answer, too long, if ever. As a mom, you give and give and give until there's nothing left. So come to where we live in Bend, Oregon, a place of startling beauty, a place to come away from it all. Come with your best friend, your sister, your mom, come together or come alone. It was Dallas Willard who said, if you don't come apart for a while, you'll come apart after a while. So come, come apart with us for a while. Join us October 5th through 7th here in Bend, Oregon. All the details are in the show notes. Welcome to the Intentional Parents Podcast. Intentional exists to help parents in their God-given task to raise passionate Jesus followers. We exist to bring hope, help, and healing to families. Each week, we will talk about anything from parenting, marriage, lifestyle, and what it looks like to follow Jesus in our time. Intentional is made up of Phil and Diane Comer and Brooke and Elizabeth Moser. I am Brooke, and the funny thing is, we are all family. Elizabeth is Phil and Diane's daughter, so we're a family figuring this thing out together. We hope this podcast feels like you're sitting with us in our home talking about how to do this thing called life together. Elizabeth and I are your hosts. Let's get into this week's podcast. Today on the show, we have Tim Mackey. Now, the moment you hear his voice, you're going to think, wait a minute, I've heard this voice before. And that's because you have. Tim is the creative director and co-founder of a little organization called The Bible Project, who is just doing some of the most amazing things in the arena of helping people understand the scriptures in a biblically accurate way, more than any one of our time, in my personal opinion. We had a wonderful conversation. Uh, I was there in Portland with him, sitting down in their office, and we just had a lovely conversation about the history, the origin of The Bible Project, even how Tim and I met years and years ago. And it was just such a lovely gift to be able to sit down and hear his heart on the Bible Project and all that they have in the future for families. Now, if you're not familiar with the Bible Project, we'll have all the links in our show notes, but check them out. They are one of the most effective tools in making quick, short-form videos to help explain really complex biblical issues. And if you're a person, adult, child, any stage of life, This is a huge gift for you. So please enjoy the conversation today with Tim Mackey. All right, Tim, welcome to the Intentional Parents Podcast. Thank you for sitting with us today. Yeah, totally. Brooke, it's good to be here, man. We Could you give people a heads up of where we are together right now? Just to give kind of a word picture of oh the sure space that well we're... we're sitting in a little thing that I call a space booth. I <laughs> uh, <laughs> have to get a picture of this. Which is uh, I don't know. We got a bunch of these for the Bio Project office. Okay, they're little one or two person sitting rooms where you can sit and work. They're soundproofed and equipped for basically Zoom calls or audio calls because we don't have personal office space for a yes. lot of people on our team. Yes. So these are like little temporary personal office spaces. I so we got a bunch of them because um, we don't have many actual rooms. We they, just have big rooms. They're amazing though. Yeah. I, I haven't, I've seen these before. I haven't sat in them, but yeah. just even to sit in one and the <laughs> windows and yeah. it's cozy enough. Yeah. It's like, enough. yeah. It's, or maybe like what old school like coach train yes. was like. Where That's you get a, a great example. Room, something like that. Yeah. Aww. So we have a bunch of these and then, these space booths are located in the Bible Project studio, 
that's in Portland, Oregon. That's in Portland. So that leads me to, well, let me just say, I'm so honored to have you jump on. And I know we had seen each other a bit ago and we were trying to just line up schedules to make this work. So thank yeah, you for making this totally, work. Totally, yeah. And I mean, anybody that hears your voice immediately is going to go like, oh, I know that voice. Either it's <laughs> from somewhere or like, where have I heard that voice before? Or they're very familiar because the Bible Project um, is just really helping people understand mm. the scriptures. Mm. It's really helping so many families that I know listen to this podcast. Mm. They mm. tell us all the time, like mm. how they're using the Bible project to help shape their kids in the way wow. of Jesus and <laughs> spiritual so formation. Cool, but all huh. of that kind of has a story before I ask about that, like origin spot. Yeah. You obviously have a, a wonderful life outside of this a wife, some kids. So give us just a little quick <laughs> insight of like a picture of, of your family and kind of who, who you're the most connected with in this world at yeah. this moment in time. Yep. Yeah. I've been, um, I've been married for uh, 21 years Whoa. to Jessica and she's incredible. She's mm. so incredible. Um, so we met in college here, yes. in, here in Portland. Okay. And that uh, we actually met in the library. Oh, which, for real? Which really kind of, <laughs> yeah. Although for different motivations, she jokes now, she was there for the grades. Okay. And I was there because I just couldn't get enough learning in my mind. I just yes. was in a playground. So yeah. much so that I kept in school for another decade after that. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, we have to pay for all of this. <laughs> yeah, which he helped me pay for yeah, in sure. a big way. Yeah. So anyhow, um, uh, so we've been married 21 years. We have two boys yes. um, who are 9 and 11. Yes. And uh, we live right here, kind of in inner East Portland. Okay. So downtown is on yes. the west side of the river that divides Portland, but so yep. we're on the east side, which is kind of like the old, older neighborhoods. Yep. Yep. And, um, yeah, we're doing, we're doing it, man. Raising, doing it. raising kiddos. Oh man. It's, yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, interestingly enough, when it should be shared that we're, sh we're sitting in this very small space stagecoach, but Duke is with us too. So yeah. Hey Duke. Duke. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're all just hanging out here yeah. in this very intimate space, yeah. but uh, I'm so glad he's here too, because he was. We, mm -hmm. We're he's going to Santa Barbara and surfing with a buddy. Really hard life. This guy's living. Oh man. Yeah, really hard wow. life. So, wow. uh, but having boys, like two boys, you said yes. Two boys. Yes. Yeah. We, yeah. That's that's big. Are they high energy or are they more like? Are they they more chill? are not chill. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Opposite of that. Yeah. <laughs> opposite <laughs> of not chill. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So my home is full of noise and activity and um we d we have an old portland house okay. so a little over 100 years old oh yes and that's, that's we okay. love it okay um but it's on the smaller side oh. and so what it means is we're all kind of around each other a lot and we yes. like we love it yes um but as they get bigger and their stuff spills out of their rooms somehow oh. the living room becomes their room too yeah yeah <laughs> and so it's just a lot of activity and just toys and books and everywhere yeah, yeah, and yeah. we're just trying to keep it all straight have they kind of like gotten to like some of the stuff that's their thing like is it skating is it snowboarding is it you know like have they gotten to their things <laughs> yeah yet? you know I, interestingly I, I didn't grow up doing sports okay. skateboarding well, he, i guess it depends he, on duke skates duke okay there you go skating. skateboarding is a, a sport but it's a different kind of sport than Absolutely. like baseball that kind of thing yeah so oh well there you go so he loves yeah. skating yeah. yeah i start i got my first skateboard when i was 11 and yep. it played a big big role in my life yeah so, um, however, skateboarding also in Portland put me right in touch with the less savory parts of Portland culture. <laughs> yes, yes. So I wasn't like, you know, I didn't have a mission to push that on my kids. If they were going to sure. be into it, that's cool, but they're not yeah. so far. So far. So right now, um, my life with my boys consists of um, Lego. Yes. Him so too. much Lego. This guy. Yeah, same Wow. Deal. And I love it. Like okay. I grew up. You do. So. You enjoy Legos as well. Oh yeah, great. No, it's my idea of a good time on Saturday morning. It's <laughs> to put an hour or two in with them building some stuff. Um, and then, um, I don't know, lots of yeah. Star Wars. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. There's a and... lot of crossover here. The amount of stuff that you're saying right now is like he's just Duke shaking his head. And, and yeah. you're putting me to shame a little bit because I don't think I've ever spent a whole hour building Legos with him. But <laughs> it's also because when he was really young, I was I remember like I never my mind doesn't work in the same way that Lego does. And I I think there's a oh, very particular you know like sure. some people really get yeah. it, some people don't. Yeah. 
And so I remember teach the thing I did was teach him how to read the instructions from a very young age. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. so from a very young age, he got it like right away. Mm-hmm. And he's like, his mind was just wired for it. Now he doesn't use instructions. He just looks at a photo and remakes anything that he's wow, from so, the photo. Wow. Yeah. There you so, go. So that's the space. You know, the game changer for my boys is that now all the instructions from every set throughout all of Lego history, you can just so, get online. There's everything's so available. True. So we yes, it's like we'll look up on Saturday mornings and be like, let's find something to build today. Oh, know? that's a great idea. And, or for like, you know, holiday breaks and we're yeah, like, yeah. let's build something huge and And you have really, all those pieces that you can yeah, use. Yeah, okay, you, you know, go. the grandparents have just been flowing the Lego yep. every oh, birthday yep. and Christmas. So yep. now they have so many pieces that we can mostly build almost anything. <laughs> uh not I mean not quite. Some have specialty parts, but yep. um uh, but they can build a lot that, you know, our sets they didn't buy. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I dig it. And well, here's what I find Tell is me. that if I'm hanging with them, uh, like laying down on the floor, it's one of the only ways I can get my younger son to still cuddle with me. Oh, no joke. Yes. We're like we're hanging yeah. on the couch watching a movie, you know, he'll maybe kind of snuggle up, but somehow when we're building, he'll like, he'll just get right next to snuggle you. right in and like oh. we're working together. And so, the moment yeah. I figured that out, I'm like, I'm building Legos every Saturday yeah. morning. <laughs> as long as this will last. <laughs> I know. Our youngest is five, and mm-hmm. she's just getting out of that, like, you know, toddler baby stage. And you, mm-hmm. we realize, like, oh, there's all these sweet moments that mm. you realize, like, I'm not going to have this again. Yeah. Potentially yeah. until grandkids or Yeah, or sure. Yeah, the game changes. It really does. So hold, hold on to that. Yes, hold on to that. I'm trying. <laughs> uh, you're doing it. Well, for some listening, that might be the way to do it. Try Legos, anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, can't get your kids to talk. Uh, try an try hour Legos. of building Lego and see where the conversation goes. That's a great. <laughs> <laughs> this is an ad for Lego. The whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, so I didn't mean for this. Yeah, to happen, no, no, yeah. it's great. Uh, we're we are pro Lego, so no worries. <laughs> um, that all that said, though, I just want to I want to kind of take us back to. Thank you for introducing your wonderful yes, family. Yeah, thank totally. you. Yep. I, I just want to take us back to a minute to a moment when you and I had met, mm-hmm. and I think the year had to have been around like 2013 or 14. Yeah, which. I believe, I remember, so our mutual friend, Josh White, Yes, I was hanging out with him. I was in town. I was living in Los Angeles, so I was in town in Portland. And then I was hanging out with Josh, and he was trying to tell me about this guy, Tim. He's like, you got to meet this guy, Tim. (laughs) He's on our team now. (laughs) And I think you were a pastor there at Door of Hope for a while. Yep. And- and I remember meeting you and you were telling me about this thing that you were start, and it had to have been right around the start of that. Am I correct? Yeah. If it was 13, 14, we launched the Bar Project. Um, in May 2014, but had okay. been working on it for about a year beforehand, year and a half actually. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it was right around that time. And yeah. You were telling me about the Bible project. It yeah. was so funny because you were kind of sharing it almost like because you, you had this. It was an idea, or yeah. still oh, ideating, yeah. <laughs> and you were sharing it almost like, um, you know, like when you're keeping something close to your mm-hmm. chest because you're like, if this doesn't work, like I don't mm-hmm. maybe want to overdo this thing and yeah, sell it sure. too hard. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. And I think you were still doing part-time yeah. pastoring and part-time or, or like jumping into yep. some of that space. Yep. And I just fast forward, you know, we fast forward almost 10 years, right? <laughs> and oh my <laughs> goodness, it is so cool to see mm. how mm. God has used mm. the idea that you and, and John and others had to mm-hmm. put mm. this together. So I just mm. kind of want to hear a little bit of the origin story because so many people have been mm impacted by what work you guys do and meaningful mm. work. And mm. I know so much of that came from your own story and your own love. Yeah. So maybe could you yeah. give us some of the origin story of the Bible project, but even how your own story fed into that and kind of mm-hmm. helped shape the vision of what this actually is. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Happy to. Um, I got my first skateboard when I was 11 okay. <laughs> and uh, that, like I said, played a huge role in my life. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much all I ended up doing. Yeah. Uh, from there into my late teens, and um, it didn't steer me towards Jesus. Steered, the, but at least the people that I was around. Yeah. Uh, it led me in the opposite direction. Okay. And so uh, my mom though told me once that there's this really cool spa- skate park I heard of. Uh, it's in the back lot of a church. Oh. But, uh, you know, you might find it interesting. I'll give you a ride there sometime. And I was like, oh, in, in rainy 
winter at Portland. I was like, like an yes. indoor warm skate park. Like, I'm, like, I'll go. Yeah. So anyhow, that was my first time going to this thing called Skate Church. And that was my... Skate Church, yes. <laughs> have it was you rad. Heard, Duke, have you heard of Skate Church? Yeah, you heard about it. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, Tim, So Tim Byrne, you know Tim, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. always... <laughs> yeah. just crazy. But yeah. Anyway... So uh, all that to say that was the context where I rediscovered Jesus. My parents followed Jesus. They did not push it on me growing up, but were more just through their own faith, through their own lives and conversations. Mm. But they both came from pretty strict backgrounds themselves, religious backgrounds. And so they wanted to try and do something different, uh, which, which resulted in them giving my sister and I space okay. for our spiritual journeys to develop. And they just have real trust in the Holy Spirit to work in people's lives in general, yes. including their kids. Yeah. So they were m- much more of just a loving presence, relational availability, but not forcing Jesus on me. Wow. And so, but they were praying and hoping and waiting. <laughs> yeah. And nervously so, at times, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Totally. So, yeah. Uh, when, uh, but when I, you know, went to the skate park, it just had a huge, huge impact on me. Mm-hmm. It was like I was discovering something brand new that I n- never had heard about in this way before. And so that was the context where I started following Jesus. I was 20. And, um, and really re- picking up the Bible and reading it for the first time and I was just like okay the Jesus parts I'm down for okay mostly (laughs) um and by that I mean like uh, they because the whole thing of a skate park was at each night at the skate park somebody who ran the park or worked at it who follows Jesus would get up and give a Jesus talk Hmm. and so it was that that started intrigue me again because I was like whoa the Jesus they're talking about is way more compelling than what I thought I knew about him. I th- and so a big reframe. And so when I made a commitment to start following Jesus, I, you know, the, I picked up that the Bible's pretty important or <laughs> plays some kind <laughs> guy, of role. Yeah, the guys told you you needed to read this. And, uh, and I, st- so I started just reading the four Gospels and I noticed Jesus cares a lot about his Bible, a lot. He talks about it all the time, but he talks about it and quotes from it in ways that I don't really get it. And then when I go look up, in the three, first three quarters of this big book where he's quoting from, I'm like, I have, I have no idea what's going on. Oh, yes. So there was a college across the street. Okay. It happened to be a Christian college with a major in Bible. <laughs> and so I just went to class, signed up for classes with my friends so that I could start giving the Jesus talk at the skate park because the guy asked me to start giving <laughs> If I wanted to give the Jesus talk now and then, and I was like, I, so... I, okay, cool. I, <laughs> I, I got to pause you right there. So this is so funny how many, I, the countless amount of people that are in full-time vocational ministry and or helping people understand the ways of Jesus from somebody that did that. That's somebody that said, hey, the unqualified person at that time, yes, the unqualified, totally unqualified. <laughs> Mackie, to be like, I think you should do this. I remember, like, yeah. the reason I'm, this is like my story. I remember when uh, a long time ago, uh, we were starting this the church in Portland, Solid Rock. Phil and Diana started yeah. it, yeah. And John Mark was there with them, <laughs> and John Mark's six years older than me. Now I was eyeing his sister, and you know the whole deal, and and dating her, and the whole nine. <laughs> but he he goes. He said to me one day, he's like, when there was a youth group. He's like, you should teach. I was like, dude, I've never done this in my life. What are mm-hmm. you talking yeah, about? Right, I should right. not be doing. I should not talk to kids. Yeah. I would not trust anyone's kids with me don't do that <laughs> and i have no idea why he asked me it was the worst by the way the first time like just oh, yes. the worst oh, and yeah. i had a bible that was really small and, and all the prints or not the prints but the lines were just too close together so i kept <laughs> unintentionally skipping lines anyway all to say yeah whoever that guy was whoever that person was that, yeah. that said that to you yeah I'm so happy that he actually yeah me that. too paul thank you paul anderson oh paul, um, okay yeah you are enjoying content brought to you by intentional a crowdfunded nonprofit that desires to help families and marriages all around the world in the area of discipleship and spiritual formation. This offering is completely free thanks to the generosity of our growing community of Legacy Builders. Legacy Builders is a group of people from all around the world that give monthly to fuel this dream that we have in our hearts of seeing discipleship to Jesus in the family become a way of life. A monthly gift of $5, $10, or even $30 can continue to fuel this ministry forward. 
Our dream is to invite people like you to join and partner with us at a financial level and see this work integrated into families. So as you listen to this podcast, would you prayerfully consider joining us? Would you allow the Spirit to lead you, even if it's just to a few dollars a month? Thank you so much, and may the Spirit of Jesus give you wisdom, clarity, and joy as you pray about joining us. And if you want to join today, go to intentionalparents.org and click on Give. Yeah, so th- that that began my journey really in earnest with the Bible, and it was a long period of like, I'm down for Jesus. He's so compelling, everything about him, and especially when I can understand what he's saying, because mm-hmm. a lot of times I can't, but even that is compelling and <laughs> mysterious, and, you know, to me too. Oh, totally, yeah. um, so, and then I ended up sitting in some classes uh, at Multnomah Bible College with that my really my first classes were like how to read biblical literature and what i was introduced to first was the bible as sophisticated literature as jewish literature and historical context and language and literary art a whole thing and i was just like what this is this is incredible <laughs> this is like and i was 21 you know i think yeah. my brain my frontal cortex had yeah. finally, you know. Showed up to the party. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I actually think that had a big, big role. But I was still really involved at the skate park. I mm-hmm. became an intern and was running the junior high part of the ministry and, you know, teaching a lot and working with junior high kids. And everything that I was learning, I would just find a way to translate to these junior high, you know, sk- skaters. And so mm-hmm. that was where my passion, both for learning, but then also for trying to communicate what I'm learning about these amazing texts and the Jesus they point to, but thinking, how can I help a junior higher latch onto this? So incidentally, I was really great at planning and studying for and holding Bible studies. Okay. Um, actually running a youth ministry I was really terrible at. And um, I learned that in my internship. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you, not every, yeah, most people usually lean on one end or the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. So uh, um, so I just kept on in school. I met Jessica there at Multnomah, like I mentioned. And I also met uh, John Collins. Yes. Who I ended up much later starting the Bio Project with. But uh, he, he and I met at the skate park. And he had moved down to go to Multnomah. And so I ended up in school going all the way to get a master's and then a PhD. I just fell in love with mm. the world of biblical literature. And um, so while I was doing that, John um, was developing a skill set in uh, animation, marketing, but mostly storytelling and yes. explaining things. <laughs> his, his uh, what was the company before? I remember, I'm slipping my well, mind. Well, he started a company with some friends called Epiphio. Epiphio, yeah. yes, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And it was brilliant. It was yes, yeah. such a it great... Was right, at the, right when YouTube was graduating from being like home vacation videos yes. to, oh, you can make educational content. He was right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was at the forefront of these short, animated, funny... Yes, I remember them. really helpful explainer videos. Yes. And he would make them about all kinds of stuff, leap year and inflation and South Korea. And I, I, don't know, I literally interviewed with one of the guys there because I was like trying to figure out, I was like, do I go like down something like this or yeah. do I do? And I only had like one interview and realized I don't think this is this particular world I wasn't going to be gifted for. But I, I literally, I remember their office and, and actually interviewed there. So anyway, that's oh, yeah. a, a, long a, small t- a small world, long time ago. Yeah. It was a long time ago now, but yep. yeah. Wow. So he was many years into that business um, when I moved back to Portland to come on pastoral staff at Door of Hope. Wow. Um, and that was in 2012. And then we, you know, were friends and had connected through the years and our wives were friends. Okay. So we had stayed in touch through the years. And so he reached out to me about this idea because um, he and I always just had really rich conversations anytime we talked. Mm our wives would be hanging out and then we would start talking about theology <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. and they would come tune out and talk yeah. about what normal people talk about. Yeah, and yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, so he reached out to me cause he was just at a point in his life where he was down for Jesus okay. for the long haul, but the Bible was <laughs> just getting in the way. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
Yes, it was just always raised more questions. Hmm. It, it was an obstacle to him trying to be faithful to Jesus. And so he found it easier to just kind of domesticate the Bible, which meant read it not too regularly, enough mm. to irritate and frustrate and yeah. confuse him, but enough to make it feel like you're doing the thing you're supposed to do with it, which is read it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but he wasn't satisfied with that. And mm. so I think his effort to reach out to me was an effort to say, I, I want to understand I feel like the Bible needs to play a role in my life. Can you help me figure this out? And um, would you be interested in helping me do that if we made videos together about the Bible? And I, so I was like, that sounds awesome. <laughs> sure, <laughs> So sure. fun. Yeah. And uh, so I came back to him with like a list of, man, if I could create a curriculum or a, a, a big well-rounded library of short explainer videos, about the Bible, here's what I would do. So I came at him with a list of like a hundred plus videos. Are you serious? And he was like, awesome. Let's start with two. <laughs> and I was like, great. Absolutely. Yeah, let's start. So what, there you were, go. what were the first two? Do you remember? Well, yeah. Um, we decided to do a multi-video series through the, uh, the first five books of the Bible. Okay. So the Torah. Um, so the first one of those was uh, Genesis 1 through 11. First Okay. 11 chapter it was the first main literary unit of Genesis. And then a companion series that we started, which we just called Themes, where you trace a core biblical idea that's introduced in the first few pages, mm. repeated all throughout, and then comes to some kind of culmination in, in the end, in the revelation. So we did Heaven and Earth. Yes. Um, and there you go. And the idea was, well, if we do it like a micro-patron, mm-hmm. um, so... Instead of going to foundations once a year and getting grants, what if we just waved at people at the end of the videos and said, hey, we want to make another one. Um, <laughs> here's what it's going to be. Could you help, if you, this was helpful for you, help us make the next one. You yeah. know, and here's our website. And so that, we went for that route. And John did a lot of research and okay. created a business model to see if we could make it work. And so then we raised money for the first two videos. Okay launched the YouTube channel in May 2014. And then, you know, within three weeks, we raised the money for the next video. Whoa. So we're like, okay, we'll make that one. And then it just kind of went like that. It was never like the viral thing, yeah. but it was always a wide enough audience growing that helped us be able to just do the next step. Mm. And that's kind of how it's happened. Like it's just every time we make a five-year plan by year two it's totally different than what we thought <laughs> but it's just been one one thing one six month chunk to the next and it sounds so very on. much like how you know it sounds very much just like jesus's way just like <laughs> the guidance of dependence yeah. and like yeah you know, sure not getting too far yeah. ahead and living in today yeah so i guess when we met it was um yeah, right at the beginning. And so I slowly over two and a half years um, went to like three quarter time mm-hmm. at, at the church and then to half time and then to quarter time and then yep. to just a, like a, a, a teaching elder. And then I just needed to make a choice. Absolutely. About need to do this all or all or nothing. All or nothing. Yeah. So tell me about so that that's when that started for for you at the beginning were you like having were you sitting down and just writing all these scripts was mm-hmm. it you and John just sitting down yeah. and writing all these co scripts? co-writing yeah yeah which i'd never done with anyone but we just sat down and learned how to co-write and, and so you guys would do all the videos just sit down go back yeah. and forth like you were having that conversation yeah we would just talk for hours and then eventually we would turn on microphones to Got our it. conversations leading up to a video and then John started editing them and that became our podcast. Wow. And so we would just talk anywhere from three hours to 20. <laughs> Not all at once. Like, okay. but we, you know, we, we would, 20 hour sessions. You guys we, are having some good combos. We would break it up, you know, uh, and then co write a script. And usually, especially, and still today, even, he will talk for a long time. Then he'll write a first draft. Okay. And he's really good at stripping an idea down to its essence. Mm. Um, and even if there's stuff that's really cool, 
and interesting, but if it if it's not absolutely crucial for getting the essence of the this idea, then you don't need it for the purpose of an explainer video. It might be cool in the podcast, it might be cool as something else. But so he's he just has an instinct oh, like no it. one I've ever met. And it's so him. I've learned a lot from him about being concise. Yeah. Especially <laughs> as someone who used to preach regularly <laughs> for, for long yeah. periods of time. <laughs> so he usually writes it a first draft. I make it longer. Yep. He makes it shorter back and forth until you're like this until has to it, stay this has to go this until has to stay. it's ready and wow. i've learned so much by having a committed dialogue learning partner over mm. a decade for now like a decade that is amazing and he's shaped me and how i learn and think and i've learned so much from him by the questions he persistently asks because yes. i think i'm being clear about something and then he's like, what are you talking about? Like, yes. That doesn't make any sense. Yes. You're like, it doesn't. You're right. I thought it did, but now I don't. <laughs> oh. And just going through that, it, I just have learned so much. Yes. So it's been s- such a fun mutual partnership. And then working with artists. And then yep. the artists come and they're like, you guys think you're being clear. Yeah. But we have to we have figure to make out this a, a, a visual language or yeah. a symbol for this. And does it mean that or that? And we're like, oh my gosh, I thought we understood it, but. Now that we're having to draw a picture, I don't know what we're talking about. Amazing. So it's super, it's a creative and discovery all the way through the process. Wow. And I love it. I absolutely well, I, love it. I just want to say, well, thank you for taking us on that a yeah. little bit of a journey. Yeah. And I do want to say, I, I, you know, the Bible Project is something that I think anybody that's kind of in the Christian sphere for a circle goes, or wants to understand or learn more about the Bible, they just go, yeah. And people that aren't familiar mm. with Jesus per se. They know about the Bible project. Mm-hmm. And what I really think, this is my sense, um, is that this is going to be a tool for this generation to understand God in a really deep way. Mm-hmm. And I love mm-hmm. how you guys have taken the message and kept it the same, you know, mm-hmm. in the sense of the mm-hmm. the integrity of the scriptures, the integrity mm-hmm. of honoring God, honoring Jesus, but then put it in a method that is appropriate for the time. You know, mm-hmm. the message mm-hmm. stays the same, but the methods mm-hmm. change. And so mm-hmm. I just appreciate it. I think you guys are doing something that's mm-hmm. going to, it is impacting generations. It's mm-hmm. helping people that, I mean, honestly, have just never understood huge elements of the Bible and gone yeah. like, I never yeah. even saw it that way. I didn't yeah, even totally. know that's actually how it went. Yeah, yeah. And so on behalf of all the people that can't say thank you to your face, mm-hmm. thank you because you are helping people understand mm-hmm. Jesus mm-hmm. in a deep way. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you didn't plan it. And I'm sure this wasn't in your <laughs> like 10 year plan. And this wasn't <laughs> probably the thing that you wanted, but I just love how God does that. He uses mm. your mind. So thank you for mm. using your mm-hmm. gifts and your mind yeah. and your passion for Jesus, because the way that you explain the scriptures makes me more excited about Jesus. And mm. I know I'm not the mm. only one. I'm not alone mm. with that, mm. but that's very helpful. And it's mm. really cool to see how you process the way of Jesus and process mm. the kingdom. Mm. And so my hope is to just not only honor you and say, mm. thank you, mm. Uh, but then to also maybe get a little bit of that Tim Mackey goodness when it comes to how you think about Jesus. Because there is mm. so many things these days that mm-hmm. are really mm-hmm. confusing and hard to understand, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to Jesus in the cultural moment, when it comes to the church in this mm-hmm. cultural moment, mm-hmm. when it comes to all the failure and leadership in the cultural moment. Mm-hmm. We're kind of in a very confusing time. That is true. <laughs> I mean, I think that's kind of always been true. Yeah. <laughs> it's just true in different ways yeah. in, in different times. Every every generation feels like yeah, it's I the think worst We're outside thing. Eden, man. It's just it's, confusing out here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but again, it's not always confusing in the same way, which yes. makes different cultural uh settings unique and it's like we all every generation has to think it through mm-hmm. from the ground up all over again if mm-hmm. we want to figure out what faithfulness to Jesus really means you know, in in different times and places. So I agree. It is a confusing time. (laughs) If you're enjoying this content and you want to go deeper, we have an amazing resource that we want to tell you about. It's the intentional film series, Raising Passionate Jesus Followers. Now, this is an incredible tool for you for spiritual formation in the family. And we created this film series to help parents in their God-given task to raise and disciple their own children. Now, our hope is that we're able to help you and give you some of the tools that I know we so desperately need as we're in the process of raising our kids and Phil and Diane have actually raised their kids. This is a nine session film series on the process of what raising a passionate Jesus follower actually looks like. There's some workable solutions in here. There's a bunch of wisdom from the scriptures and there's a bunch of practical help in your journey as you are raising your children. 
We cover all sorts of things like parental roles, goals versus values, what is discipline versus punishment, how do I create a heart of obedience in my child where they actually want to obey, what is a heart of self-control look like, or how do I even help my child in the process of character development. We cover that and so many more things. You can use this film series in a variety of ways. You can use it at your home, preferably with your spouse if that's applicable, with a group of friends or in your community, or even through your local church. All you need to do is head over to our website, intentionalparents.org, click on film series, and then follow the prompts. We have a bunch of other resources there that you can check out, but we do pray that this blesses you in your pursuit of raising passionate Jesus followers. I I, I wonder if, you know, you just said something. That I, I, I want to go this direction over to the left in a second, but you just said something, you know, deciding or identifying what it looks like to be faithful to Jesus in mm. a time. Mm. Could you... Go, could you tell me a little bit more about that? What is, what have you, with all this different thinking and having to, you know, distill the scriptures and understand culture in the moment, mm. but you're sharing it, mm. have you found anything in your process? And I know you're in process, right? Obviously none of us sure, are Sure, yeah, absolutely. But what have you yeah. found it to be, what does it look like to be faithful to Jesus in our generational moment in time and mm. even moving forward for our kids and families? Well, it feels like pick the particular issue sure. you know, or the topic or um, whatever the, the crisis. I think um, the biggest thing that I feel like the be, having years of be able, being able to study scripture from my, my main job mm. uh, and then find ways to communicate it to mm. people and then also learn how people in other times and places have been reading scripture and how they were trying to be faithful in their context. Um, and it really helps frame every given generation. It's, it's like we're not, virtually nothing is unprecedented. It's, it's, all the issues have been faced before just mm. in different ways. Mm -hmm. And um, so pick the issue. So I think the meta thing for me is really about um, when the Apostle Paul writes um, one of his letters to Timothy, um, the words that he uses to describe the purpose of Scripture, um, it's in First Timothy, and he talks about how all Scripture is the product of a divine and human partnership hmm. between God's Spirit and human authors. He calls it God-breathed. Um, and then he, what he says is that it is to give us wisdom about how we need to be rescued through the Messiah when we trust him. <laughs> Those are the four key words. And the first yes, one is yes. wisdom. Okay. And what's interesting about wisdom in scripture is it truly is a divine human partnership where um, the whole point of being wise is that you have the mature, a mature developed sense of discerning what is good and not good or even between what is good and what is better. Mm. And the, it really is about humans being the responsible, wise images of God that he's called us to be in the world. And But to do so in full dependence and relational intimacy and connection to God himself. So to, wisdom is itself a divine human partnership. Mm. And so how do you shape and grow and become a human who knows how to discern the will of God and and which isn't a secret code it's like a thing that God and I are gonna work out together yes. in the actual details of my life as I make decisions based yes. on the story I think I'm living in and the value set and the desires that I have mm. so those are the things I'm thinking about yes <laughs> <laughs> is like how do I help my boys um uh, discern what is the real story going on behind all this behind yeah. all this yeah. what story am I a part of um, and within that story what are the things that matter most in life and in relationships <clears throat> what are the the greatest values and goods <clears throat> and then what do I do with the fact that my body is just churning out desires at a rate mm. none of us can keep up with. Yeah. <laughs> and and what's the difference between a desire and a want, right? Yes. Or a want and a need. And learning how to listen to my body and to my desires and to talk with God about them and 
uh, the whole thing. The whole thing. So I, yes. I'm, and I'm also um, tend towards more abstract, big picture mm-hmm. thinking. Sure, sure. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell, and I also appreciate it. Like, yeah, I appreciate it because that's. I mean, because you, everyone else processes differently, but I'm, yeah. I'm more similar. I like. I sit in that space as well. Like, yeah, this is the big picture. But keep going. Well, what I love about parenting love is that um, there's nothing more real and particular and concrete than like. Um, hey, you have the purple eight by twelve Lego piece, <laughs> and I need that for my dinosaur. Yeah, you know, I'm saying I like I'm my my nine year old, you know, and yeah. you know my eleven year olds are like, but I need it for my spaceship. Yeah, and it's absolutely. like all right, guys, what are we gonna do? Like, <laughs> you both want the same resource, <laughs> and uh, here's the hunch is, and so then it's a conversation about scarcity and abundance, and mm-hmm. what happens when we. T- assume that there's not enough hmm. because I think there's another purple brick, but we just have to look for it. So, yes. you know, and like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And all of a sudden That's it's good. like the purple Lego brick, but really it's an opportunity to talk about my beliefs of whether there's enough. Yes. And I'm going to be stuck on the losing end and going without, or if I really believe that if I share that somehow God will share with me what I need. Yes. So I don't. I, it's more like that. Trying to find the bigger picture in any given thing that we're dealing it, with yes. in parenting, and for me, that's it's like a puzzle. Hmm. And I, you know, here I'm sitting in a space booth. Yes. <laughs> you know, calm, and I have a cup of tea, and we're yeah. talking. It's all you know, very nice to talk about it now. But when in Absolutely. the moment, I'm exhausted. Oh And yeah. like, it's the fortieth time. They're like having this argument today and, you know, that's oh, the real We've deal. never been there. We don't know what you're talking about. Duke's never, Duke yeah. and I never have tension. He's yeah. Him and his but, sister get along perfectly. <laughs> but so uh, like these are, the, but the thing is, it's like from in the biblical story, yes. when God appoints humans to be as these royal representatives in the Garden of Eden, the whole thing is about um, whether they're going to trust God's wisdom about what's good and bad and about life and death. Yes. And this tree of knowing good and bad represents a moment of desire and decision of whether I will trust um, God's wisdom over my own desire in this moment. Yes. And that there's nothing more universal yes. to the human experience yes. than what that story is about. Yes. And so that's the Garden of Eden story has uh, become this infinite pool of wisdom to draw on and so my kids like they are tired of me talking about it but i'll constantly bring it up i'll be like guys this is a moment i think we're at the tree like the way you guys are treating each other you you're you have the f- two fruits in front of you guys like what decision are we gonna yeah. make so i've just started to use that as like a template yeah that's brilliant um, i think that's really talk really about brilliant the, the issues of desire and well, so I, anyway. I want to lead into that though because i'd imagine See what what most of us do when our kids ask us like I know if my kids ask me a big Bible question I can't understand it or if a friend asks me a big Bible question I just go check out this Bible project video yeah sure so what do you do me too <laughs> you did dude, dude it happened last night tell me about this tell oh I just like um, <laughs> that's great no it was actually really practical my my um, younger son is very sensitive to. When he sees, when he hears about violent yeah. tragedies in the world. Sure. And so the biggest question, which is the question many people ask, I think they have a functioning conscience they're going to ask, yeah. is like, why is there so much pain? And what's God's relationship to that? What's he doing about it? And and so um, we made this series called the Spiritual Beings Series. Yes. Um, and we're trying to use the biblical imagery Um and the biblical claim that humans aren't the only show in town, you know, and yes. that there's other, there's a bigger cosmic story at work and that that's a part of how Jesus saw the world and understood what evil is and how it fits and how it doesn't fit. And so I, uh, but I was like, inst- uh, let me just show you this video. <laughs> Cause even right there, it's like, what did, what did I even just say? Like my son couldn't understand anything what I just said. Yeah. To yeah. You. But I should, you know, that's but why you we spent made the video. Like, yeah. 50 to a hundred hours you exactly. know, thinking this through. Yeah. yeah. So wow. I use the videos a lot. Um, and I, and this is true for John. Like we are trying to create the things that we wish we had when we were yes. first starting to follow Jesus. 
and now I'm trying to help other people. Oh, yes. So, so it truly is creating the thing that that we need. So I'm glad that it's helpful for other people too. Yeah. Oh, it, it's because <laughs> it's really helpful oh. for, for for me and my wife. <laughs> that's a, well, that that's good to know. I, f- I think everyone's feeling better. Like, oh, if if Tim does this, then this is <laughs> I even feel better. Like, listen to Dad's voice through this screen. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. say it better here. Uh, sometimes it's like uh, my other son. Also, last night after we watched that one, then my older son was like, "Dad, what's the video with like the sorcerer dude who?" wants to curse Israel and I was like oh Balaam he's oh, yeah. like yeah can I see that one no. and I was like yeah <laughs> yeah. That, the, Robert made that guy look awesome yeah, so let's, yeah. let's like check out that one so anyway. fun <laughs> Legos and cartoons with your dad's being the voice that's so fun <laughs> what a fun place to grow up yeah. uh, la- one one last thing I kind of want to just highlight is you know you, you're God's given you um, obviously a heart for him and a heart for his word a desire, like you were talking about, mm. like you actually mm. enjoy the study, the learning. Not, yeah. not everyone is that in is that true. space, right? It's that I, I'm very well aware of that. And then, yeah, and, and <laughs> I, I say that as a huge compliment, I, but I, because because you're using all of that to sincerely help so many that maybe would never take the time to read the scriptures or never take mm. the time to do the deep dive that you really have to do mm. to understand it. And then you're helping it. You're you're putting it on a plate in a way mm. that is so appetizing and helpful and still honoring mm. of the truth, which is incredible. Um, but as you sit and always, you, you know, you're having to constantly kind of look through like that question of the lens of scripture and what's going on in our world culture, but mm-hmm. then scripture and trying to always apply those two things. I just, the question I just kind of want to leave us with is mm. what is one of the most important things that, in your opinion, as you mm. see all this stuff, and this mm. is a big question, so you can say pass if you want, mm. um, but what is the most important thing that we need to fix our attention to mm. in this cultural moment and why? Mm. And it can be as simple as Bible, Jesus. Obviously, those are mm. probably pretty mm. uh obvious to one, Mm, mm -hmm. but as you sit and process this, what are you seeing kind of emerge to be something that, Mm. you know, out of all the things that Mm. we could do, we really need to put our attention. Mm -hmm. And I would say, again, obviously Jesus is one, but is any other add-ons to that? Mm. Totally. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, one of them is just continued from what I was sharing earlier. I think um, the ability to discern, to take any piece of communication that's coming my way and we spend our time now in front of screens that are trying to grab and persuade us all the time so like developing the skill of discerning that there's a a story underneath every voice that's trying to grab our attention Mm. and that's a story that has a set of assumptions under it about like who we are Mm -hmm. where we are what are the real problems and what's the solution? Yes. And the ability to spot like, hmm, this piece of music and this movie and whatever that video is, is really affecting me. It's really powerful. That sounds right. Hmm. But that doesn't mean that it's actually wise or true. Hmm. Um, it might be compelling. It might be beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Can you give me it like might. a real time example? Like even something, cause I know like in movies, like, right. There's whether that's film or like, obviously I'm sure you're watching. Oh, a film. sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, w- one fundamental theme, you know, and it's like watch any Disney movie made yes. in the last 20 years, but almost anything, which is that, um, my desires, specifically the desires that are generated by my body, um, are the most authentic compass to what is true and real for me. Wow. The, the self-actualization story. Yes. Yes. And so the trick is, is that like what the snake says in the garden, it's not, a, it's not an outright contradiction of the truth. It's a, it's a restatement of truth, but just slightly tweaked mm. enough that give it a human lifetime and you're like w- way not in the land of the good life. Yes. And so... The self-actualization myth um, is this really subtle, but I think pernicious theme. Mm. Um, And it's like, you don't even have to be a Christian. Like they're psychologists, Viktor Frankl, you know, a famous Holocaust survivor, psychologist, um, uh, you know, said this, the the moment that humans let their desires for pleasure become their, their guiding kind of compass, 
it ironically almost never ends with happy people. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so um, there must be some other path of which happiness and contentment and the fullness of life is some byproduct of something that's more important than those things. Yes. And so I, right now I'm just trying to help myself mm. and my kids um, learn how to discern like what are the desires that I have that will lead me to life? What are desires that actually will not? Mm. But um, even though that movie just told me that it is. Yes. <laughs> I mean, almost everything tells us it is. Yeah. I think I, I really appreciate that because that could be applied in so many directions. I think of so many people. I know that maybe uh, Elizabeth and I will talk to sometimes who are feeling like in the arena of parenting, as an example, that having kids has just destroyed their dreams, right? Mm, and mm, that mm. and that they've kind of bought into like my desire for ultimate freedom, ultimate mm. options to work as much as I want, to make as much as I want. Mm. That's th these these mm -hmm. you know wonderful precious kids, but mm. kids are taking away from that, and mm -hmm. there's almost like this um, bitterness towards the mm. fact that mm. there's these disadvantages, or or rather. Mm -hmm. Uh, built-in moments mm. of opportunity to mm. actually have to die mm. to yourself. Mm -hmm. And in God's kingdom, in, in the story of Eden, in the story of the scriptures, yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like we need. Mm. But but our mm -hmm. culture says mm -hmm. the opposite. So yeah. Yeah, just to yeah. highlight the truth, man, yeah. that I really appreciate. Some, sometimes uh, denying myself of what I want is actually the way to get what I truly need. <laughs> and yes, that is yes, uh, amen I mean that. I, that's not like most wise people from most cultures yeah we have been saying that for thousands of years you so know true. Yeah. but somehow we're in a cultural situation and it's our economy it's everything yeah uh, that is mm. uh, and so I'm just I'm for my own like health and for my kiddos that's a story we're talking about a mm. lot in our family so let me know when you figure that out. Yeah, I will. And then, I'll pass it um, along. I'll listen to that, epi <laughs> yeah, I'll, that I'll, episode. I'll pass that along. <laughs> um, I yeah. couldn't be more happy with our time together. Thank you for yeah, absolutely, your generosity Brett. and your heart. And just to take a minute to deposit into this community and these pe and, and the people that are going to join in and listen. And uh, the work you do, we can find you at BibleProject.com, uh, YouTube, Bible Project. Any other spaces that you guys are... I know you guys are translating a ton into other languages. Yeah. Any other things that we need to know about yeah. that would be helpful um, or uh, just resources? Know, we, I could we have an app. Yes. Uh, it's been out for a little over a year, and that's kind of the one-stop shopping center. Great. Kind of thing. Bible um, Project app. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you go to YouTube, it's just hundreds of videos. Yes. <laughs> what we'll do is we'll put that, we'll put the app link in the show yeah. notes and we'll yeah. get all that. But the app's a great way to navigate and kind of, if you don't know where to start, then we'll help you yes. figure out a way and to start. And the integration with reading through the Bible in a year, the videos yeah, and all yeah. oh, that's been, yeah, that's, that's, really that's the goal, too. man. We want to help people learn how to delight in scripture for themselves with their families and communities. And the, if the videos can help people in that, then that's the win. Um, well, it's a win, then, man. It's so. a huge, it's a huge win. So, <laughs> it's great. so Tim, thank you for your time yeah. today. So, yeah, it. totally, absolutely. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If this podcast has blessed you in any way, here's a few ways that you can partner with us in this ministry. First is to give. Intentional Parents is a nonprofit, and we rely on the generous giving of our partners. So please head over to our website, intentionalparents.org/give, if you would like to become one of our partners through giving. Second is to share it. If this has at all been helpful to you, we encourage you to share it with your friends, your family, and those that you know would be blessed by it. Third is to follow us on social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at intentional underscore parents. And lastly, if you would head over to iTunes, if you enjoyed today's episode and leave a review on iTunes, this helps us bring more hope, help, and healing for families.